This is what Orwell warned us about. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent. Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor. Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those lots for love type of situations. Impolite. People always fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My finger is always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. And beyond the pale. What you wearing down on your toes? Remember how three or so weeks ago we were talking about that uh, that Morgan Whalen video thing where he got caught saying the N word out in uh, Oh yeah, in you Nashville? gotta you gotta say the N word guy because Morgan yeah. I don't N- remember names. Okay, N word guy. So you know you know how we were talking about how his streaming just like went through the roof. Yeah, um, after that whole thing. So I was like, you know, I got to let me just at least listen to what the fucking deal is. I do not normally like country music or anything, but I am kind of curious. And uh, again, I do not like country music, but it's actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Canceled. Yeah. I know, so man. The, the few cool points you had, Bobby, you just lost. I know. Oh, oh. oh, I wasn't aware that I ever had any. So you can't miss something that you didn't think existed. Well, then I guess his plan worked. If he hadn't said the N-word, you probably wouldn't have checked him I, out, right? I would never have fucking heard of him. Yeah. yeah. I'd ha- I would have had no idea. So, that's, so yeah. The moral yeah. of the story is you got to say the N-word, bro. Yeah. That's, well, you know, they're taking advantage of things that are in the news a lot these days. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the next artist is going to sexually assault somebody to promote their new album, you know? <laughs> Did you guys see some people were complaining on Twitter? Uh, oh, just in general? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you guys see that? I don't, I, know if, I don't know how active you guys are on Twitter, but... People were, were complaining. Yeah, there were some people complaining. Ian, do you, do you hear about this? Yeah, uh, maybe not this specific one. Do tell. People were mad at Bill Burr because he was hosting the Grammys. Yeah. Did you see that? Was he the host or just a presenter? He's just a presenter, but it was it was kind of a an odd category choice for him. It was like best Latin female performer or something. Okay, that's what that I saw. Yeah. That. But yeah, I guess he kind of butchered some names and made a comment at the beginning that was kind of like, all oh, the feminists are going to be mad now because I'm going to butcher all these names or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So and, people are complaining like, oh, he's racist or you know the typical shit that people say when they're reactionary idiots and then oh oh, because here's the thing this one person posted like people calling bill burr racist meanwhile he's married to a black woman yeah yeah i was reading about this this guy claiborne griffin says in response to somebody that said that he says while i'm not suggesting bill burr is a racist a white man having a non-white wife can sometimes be a sign of racism yeah exactly i hate them so much i love them and want to come home to them every day (laughs) yeah so you shouldn't assume someone isn't racist just because they own a minority sex servant they may very well have one because they're racist so that was that guy's hot take on the bill burr but what i loved about it is i saw that and i'm like yeah of course these fucking idiots say shit like this and then a few hours later the lovely nia yeah, yeah. Replied. <laughs> like she quote tweeted Clayburn and said, bitch, shut the fuck up. 
Yeah. Which is just fucking perfect reply. <laughs> yeah, so I, I hope Clay Byrne is ready for a lifetime of getting this screen cap anytime he says anything on Twitter. From now on, he's the bitch shut the fuck up guy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was, it's kind of crazy, the stuff that you, like, you can say anything, you know, that... Jeez, I mean, if if somebody said about another group of people would just be some of the most vile things like they wouldn't be able to work anymore if they said those things publicly, as long as it's about white dudes, you can say that nowadays. It's it's almost expected. Like I saw a number of the responses to his Grammy performance thing. One was like ban Bill Burr or something. In fact, just ban all white men. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like it. I, you know, I'm, I guess, intelligent enough to be able to to realize that this person isn't doesn't have any power to to really do anything or whatever. But that's how they created Trump supporters, I feel like, you know, that was that was my reply to this guy. Like, I doubt he even saw my reply, but that was basically my reply. I was just like, great, man. I'm sure uh, the Republicans love the assists. If we ever get another Trump in office is because of guys saying stupid shit like this. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to episode 81 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 31 of season 2. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensively distinguished educational comedy show, either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. Fucking me in the ass is Bobby D. Yo. And fucking me in the vag is Ian. Riding that DP, baby. Today, we'll be answering listener questions, talking about indecorous news, and we'll be diving deep into the indecorous history of ripped-off ideas. We'll tell you more about that when we get there. But before we get into any of that, let's welcome our guest today, Mr. John Dunn. John, how you doing, buddy? I guess that leaves me with the mouth. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or the ears. I don't know how you want to do it. I mean, I know what you're I've never tried it, but I'm open to it. You're going to complete this airtight one way or another. (laughs) John, how you been, man? We were talking before the start of the podcast. You were going to tell us you were a, on a game show. Oh, yeah. I was on uh, Common Knowledge with Joey Fatone. Now, here's the thing. I know it's ironic since the show is called Common Knowledge, but I have no knowledge of this show. So could you tell <laughs> us a little bit more about it? Yeah, it's it comes... <laughs> and now Joey Fatone, he's he's the fat one. Right? Um Joey that's Fat That's his one last name. From the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or something. You know, I don't remember which one. Okay. And uh, I, they didn't did not allow me to talk to him for very long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that was a Sil- Sarah Silverman joke from back in the day. Is that what it was? Yeah, I know I heard that somewhere. Joey yeah, Fat one. Yeah. So what is it, John? Well, it's uh, they ask you trivia questions and and you win money and stuff. And I just wanted to come on here today to promote my appearance on that show from seven months ago. <laughs> uh, so it's like Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no. Um, well, sort of. It, they ask you like really obscure like trivia, and um, you play as a team. I had two teammates. You face off against the other team, and then at the end, the winning team gets a chance to win ten grand. And the the questions just get more and more obscure. And uh, we beat the other team, but we did not win the ten grand. And I can say that now because the show has aired, and so I'm not spoiling it. And Our, so I won't owe them $100,000 for spoiling it. I was about to say, yeah, that was like some non-disclosure, I'm sure. Yeah, there is. There yeah, is. We, were, we were talking about how our buddy Paul Pallotta, who was on the podcast a few months ago, he was on Misery Index, but they recorded like in November, but the episode didn't air till like two weeks ago. How long was the gap between your thing? 
I don't know, man. It, uh, like nine months or something. It was Holy a long time. I, I just assumed that I was such a dull dud that they just scrapped the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, we're not going to film this anymore. <laughs> Do you remember what the question was that got you? Yeah, on the $10,000, it was like, what's the most common model of cop car? And oh, um, The Crown Victoria, right? No, well, it uh, used to be Crown Victoria, like I 15 years ago. I think it's like ago. Ford Explorer or something. Oh, wow, really? Okay, okay. I don't yeah. remember. And that's why, you know, you'll have to TiVo that shit and watch it. <laughs> I know it's not Crown Victoria because I used to tell a joke about being scared anytime that you saw a Crown Victoria with a bike rack on the roof behind you because it looked like a cop car. But eventually that joke didn't hit as hard and I realized, oh, that's... I got to update my references because cops aren't using that car anymore. (laughs) Yeah, it's Ford Explorer now. At least it was as of the researching of that question. Okay, so as long as I change it from Crown Victoria to Ford Explorer, that joke should be killed. Yeah, and you know, I'm not 100% certain that that was the right answer either. That might have been my guess. guess. (laughs) Now we go to our first segment where we answer listener questions we like to open the show questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world we accept all questions sent to us but we rarely have an answer for any of them first question is always where do i send questions and that's indecorous comedy at gmail.com roar hit us up on social media facebook instagram at indecorous comedy twitter at indecorous pod patreon at indecorous comedy or actually the patreon is even easier now isn't it bobby that's true you can just go to themshits.com Themshits.com. So if you were like, I don't know how to spell indecorous, and I can't be fucked trying to look this shit up, just go to themshits.com, and that'll take you straight to us. Themshits.com. I heard the episode where that website was born. Yeah. Oh, oh so you know the origin story. That's right. That I know a little nice. bit of the background. Nice. But just for the hell of it, how do you spell indecorous, Bobby? It's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. And how do you spell them shits? You know that you're on your own there. If you're not smart enough to figure that out, then we don't really need you listening to the show. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So our first question, this comes from Rob. And there's a question actually that I've heard asked many times. Rob asks, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? I will start out by saying, <laughs> I don't care. Like either one is good with me. I know this is supposed to be a very <laughs> controversial question. It's kind of like skateboarders are supposed to hate, I was going to say rollerbladers, but is it like, that's not a thing, right? Inline skating, is that how you call call it? I I feel like- Is that a major rivalry that- Yeah, it was not anymore. Yeah. (laughs) One side was victorious. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah, that's right. They made rollerblading gay, so- (laughs) Yeah, that's one of uh, Trump's policies was making rollerblading gay. <laughs> I don't, so honestly, so again, there's actually the most controversial answer here might be that I don't care and I like both, but do you guys have a preference? I definitely I, prefer, I, I like smooth better, but every now and then, I for me, crunchy is like you got to be in the mood for it. Now, is crunchy, does it feel more filling? You know, I don't know. There's like a thing that they say, like, if you chew your food longer, you'll trick your stomach into thinking that you've eaten more. Have you all ever heard that? Stomachs are stupid, bro. Yeah, I know. They're uh, just lizard dinosaur brain. Um, (laughs) They're just connected to your brain stem. But I've heard that if you chew more, you'll feel fuller. Yeah, I think I learned that from the movie Clueless. 
<laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right. I, was just, I was just waiting for the God damn it. Once, once, we, once Bobby says God damn it, it's, uh, we can move on. I didn't know that was on Clueless, to be honest with you. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. but I learned a lot about bulimia from Clueless. So... No one else found those little fat biscuits delightful anyway. <laughs> bulimia has a practical use, is all I'm saying. Oh, man. What's the practical use? <laughs> Just to keep yourself thin? Is, is that? Yeah, it's a life hack. You can go to a buffet, pig out, and then afterwards, like, none is the wiser. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Take a little trip to the vomitorium and uh, you're good to go. Well, I don't remember anything about Clueless, mostly because I don't want to send the podcast into a screeching halt again. <laughs> so I will not mention Clueless myself. However, I will ask Bobby, do you have a preference between crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Uh, I'd probably say crunchy, but that might just be because I haven't had it in a really long time. Okay. So it just it sounds more appealing based on that. That's but fair. I, I, but I'm afraid to talk now. <laughs> well, I think that's a good point, man. I, it reminds me of when people are like, "What's your favorite sex position?" And I'm like, Have "Crunchy, one, man. crunchy, definitely yeah, crunchy." crunchy. <laughs> you hate smooth sex. You hate. Yeah. <laughs> you always go for the crunchy, crunchy cunnilingus. <laughs> How about you, Ian? Do you have any preference? You know, this one, I'm kind of with you, Carlos. It's not quite as controversial as, like, should a lady shave her asshole or not? I mean, I think there's not, like, a clear right and wrong answer to this question. The right answer is that you wax the asshole. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I would imagine getting in there with a razor is a little dicey. <laughs> I See, and this is where we differ, because I do scissors. That's what I do. I still clip <laughs> Flip the asshole hair. One at a time. I tweeze them. I tweeze mine. I do that thing with the string. What do they call that? You know, threading. 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 I do threading on the asshole. Asshole threading. There's one of those at the strip mall. Block from here. There you go. Asshole threading. It's, it's just a kiosk you have to do in the middle of the, of the mall. Do you do you have to bring your own thread, or do they supply that? That's a good question. Yeah, right. Because it makes it makes a world of difference. Well, that's your answer, Rob. Uh, asshole threading is the answer to crunchy or smooth peanut butter. Now, our next question comes from Sasha. Sasha asks, what's the most unique slash strangest food you have ever eaten? And where, when, and why? So I went to this um, place in Galway, Ireland. It was like one of those Michelin star like tasting menu type places. Oh, nice. And the first thing out of the kitchen was like a duck heart on a stick. Wow. How big, um, is, a, how big is a duck heart, by the way? It's like, I don't know, maybe like an inch long, inch and a half. They're pretty small. Okay. But it was uh, it was disgusting. It uh, Like super chewy. It gave you a really long time to think about what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then your stomach's like, ah, I'm full of shit. Yeah, yeah. And so that's how they you pay $100 $150, they sell you one duck heart and you go home. <laughs> wow. That's like, we got to move these fucking duck hearts. <laughs> is it Ireland that you did this? or Yeah, yeah. Okay, so where is it in Ireland? When was this? This was September of 2019. Okay, so pretty recently. And yeah. why is because you were at a Michelin restaurant? Yeah, it was like, you know, one of those fancy, like, highfalutin. I got to stop going to these places. Every time I go to a <laughs> thing like this, they serve me one of the most horrific things I've ever eaten. And, uh, and it's uh, like we went to one before that. They served us uh, grouse. 
you know, like the bird. Oh, no, I don't. And I, I think know. it still had like buckshot in it or something. It was gross. <laughs> uh, every time I go to like one of these Michelin, you know, because they like at these places that instead of like serving regular food, they're like, let's find the most disgusting and inedible stuff we can think of and see if we can get people to pay a lot of money for it. And it totally works. They just drizzle a colorful sauce on it, and then yeah, yeah they, they had there was there. a sauce on the duck heart. It <laughs> yeah. was literally a duck heart on a stick, but they had it was like had caramelized something on it. Yeah, and, this is why I don't trust tire companies to tell me where to eat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point, right? I don't. I mean, apparently a lot of people. Oh, it's like you know, your tires are great in uh, rainy weather, so you must know where I can eat. <laughs> Now, uh, you know, maybe I'm the weird one here. But Bobby, Bobby, have you eaten anything weird? We, when we were little, our parents would feed us, like I've eaten like deer heart and stuff before. We used to have like gizzard stew and, uh, people don't know, did you grow up in Appalachia or something? I did. Roadkill or something? Yeah. Yeah. It was whatever somebody had run over earlier that day. So, um, well, no, you, told a, you told a story once that uh, your grandmother ate your rabbit or some shit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, yep, they fucking, cooked and uh, cooked and ate our pet rabbits. Bobby's had a fucking brutal uh, upbringing, man. <laughs> but yeah, and escargot and stuff. I mean, that was, but I mean, this is all when I was a kid, but really since then, not so much. Yeah, so. you got it all out of the way as a little kid. Yeah, monkey brains, all that good stuff, you know? Good Lord. <laughs> My childhood was just an episode of Survivor. You know? Yeah. It was like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had my fair share of bull penises. <laughs> Do you still get royalties from Faces of Death when they recorded your fucking Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird having the film crew in there, but you know, we yeah. got used to it. Yeah, I bet. Ian, what about you? You eaten anything fucking uh, weird? Yeah, dude. So um, I've mentioned this briefly before, but uh, I went to a cheesemonger specializing in fancy exotic cheeses. And this is like a year ago. The wife got a wild hair up her ass, presumably from waxing it with some sort of magical right. asshole. Threading. Hair She's removal. Yeah. Tell her about threading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So usually whenever I do the cheese and wine shit, I just stick to the basics. But she's like, I want to up the funk meter this time. So she's talking to the cheesemonger. She's like, what do you got that's even funkier than blue cheese? And they're like, oh, let me show you the special menu. And then they just break out all this crazy stuff. And I shit you not, this tastes exactly like eating shit from a fucking barn. I mean, the way that a barn smells in terms of the funkiness and the aroma of just cow shit, it tastes just like that. I mean... They perfectly captured that in the cheese. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that on the one of the podcasts where we talked about cheese. That, it was yeah, so disgusting. Just, yeah. That was like a farm. It was All so right. disgusting, but it was like magic. The fact that they could do that. They could make this, the smell into a taste. <laughs> yeah. I personally, I can't think of anything super weird that I've been because I got pretty simple tastes. Like, I'm a guy that likes steak and burgers and... Just very simple shit. So, like, if I if if there's something that I like, I don't really feel the need to go out and experiment and find out what the local exotic cuisine is. Although, I guess that's kind of something that you're expected to do when you travel. Yeah, but that's especially for you because you grew up putting cheese in your coffee. <laughs> you're going back to this shit. Yeah. Well, it's better than fucking farm cheese. You yeah. Know what I mean? All right, we're going to move on to our third question. This comes from Liz. Liz asks, why is the nickname for Richard Dick? I do not have the answer for this. I'm hoping one of you guys might have more insight about this, but I've wondered about shit like this myself. Same with, like, William. I mean, Dick is pretty bad. 
But same with like uh, Bill, like well, you know what is it, Williams or Bills? Yeah. Like well, where does that come from? Well, at least it has mostly the same letters. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Richard and Dick is far apart. And then I don't know if you guys know this, but Peggy is short for Margaret. I don't know how the what? fuck that happened. That's uh, that's... I'm I'm like thirty percent sure that's true. Holy <laughs> no, I had no idea that that was just somebody that wanted that name and then just was like, no, it's short for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the answer. So I believe the first nickname for Richard was Rick, and then mispronunciations and dumb people throughout the years couldn't get it right, so they got Dick out of okay. Rick. it. I think I think it evolved because people were stupid. I, I was going to say, it was probably one of those things where, like, calling somebody a dick came after that. You know what I mean? That was already just what... That was just a name, and then we kind of made it bad. Yeah. The question then is, like, when did we start calling penises dicks? Which I imagine came after all this. I can't... Yeah. I can't imagine that somebody agreeing to be called dick and being like, oh, don't worry about the fact that penises are also sometimes called dicks. I know that cock, I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, cock was the original name just for male chickens. But then in America, we started using it as a term for penises. And that's where rooster came from, just so we didn't, because fucking Americans have dirty minds, I guess. You're saying that the word rooster came about because everybody started referring to their cock? <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, it was, it was, it became a dirty word. So they had to invent rooster. Like rooster was not a word that was usually used for male chickens. We had to invent words just because that's how dirty the <laughs> early American settlers were. Have you heard that Kurt Metzger bit where he's, he's talking about that? And he's like, Catherine, that's my mom's name. Call me cunt. <laughs> no, I have I not. Heard. I love it. That's pretty good. I am fascinated. That, like, did you guys know this? You got, have you guys heard the name Conchita? The Spanish name Conchita. I've heard of no. Consuela. Well, Consuela is another one. Conchita is like there used to be a uh, famous actress called Maria Conchita Alonso, but Conchita is what they call women that are named Concepcion. And again, it doesn't make any sense because they're two different, completely different words. Shit. So wait a second. So isn't it the thing you put on a Spanish name if you want to make it little? So isn't this literally like little cunt? Is, is that how that would work? Well, I mean, if you're going to be very dirty about it, yes. <laughs> concha, concha literally means shell. It's a seashell, actually. Yeah, it's, okay. But in some countries, that's slang for cunt or pussy. Okay. So yeah, if you're going to look at it that way, she'd be like little pussy. Yeah, there you go. Or, or little cunt. <laughs> We, um, this is, <laughs> not, not to be confused with That's Big a, Pussy from The Sopranos. That sounds like the next big female rapper, if you ask me, honestly. Well, you know what was weird is last election, last Senate election here in North Carolina, the guy that was running against the Republican, his name was Cal Cunningham. And they started sending out flyers. I don't know if you guys got this. You probably didn't because you're not Hispanic. But they would send Hispanic families flyers in Spanish and the nickname that they gave Cal Cunningham for, I don't know why, was Cal Concha Cunningham. <laughs> so it was almost like they're calling him Cal Cunt Cunningham. <laughs> what? Depending, I like the alliteration. Yeah. It is. I, I'm, that's the only thing I'm assuming. That's why they went with that word is because it was alliterative. But if they'd done a little bit more research, they could have realized that, you know, if you're from like Argentina, you just called your Senate candidate a cunt. I mean, they should have really hit the people with the, the big 
thing that took Kel down ultimately, which was his kitchen remodel, his costly kitchen remodel. I saw all the ads on the TV 24 hours a day of that shit, and that's well, why I didn't vote for him. No, actually what brought him down was cunts, because he actually got caught in an affair <laughs> Cheating yeah. on his wife like two weeks before the fucking election. I'm like, you fucking dumbass. Yeah. You you had that in the bag and you now you choose to fucking cheat on your wife, you pizza. Couldn't stay it. away from the conscious. All right, guys, we are going to move on to our second segment of the show. This indecorous news is the segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to the segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. So the first headline for tonight is Valencia's herpes outbreak leads to cancellation of spring tour and European events. What? Yeah, this hits very close to home. So I'll let Ian start us off here. A virulent outbreak of equine herpes in Valencia has forced European equestrian events to be canceled across the continent. The International Federation of Equestrian Sports said that it has canceled events in several European countries until March 28th, presumably because of fears that they can't keep all those nasty-ass Valencia horses from making out with each other. Two German horses from a group of show jumpers that competed at the CES Valencia Spring Tour in Spain died after getting equine herpes virus EHV1, otherwise known as the Herp. 150 horses partook in the event of which 72 nasty-ass horses showed clinical signs of having the herp. Yeah, have, did you guys know this, that, that uh, horses can get uh, the herp? I know people fuck horses, so maybe this is, uh, maybe this is <laughs> so how they got it. you automatically assume that was the natural consequence of Yeah. I'm assuming that's probably how they got something that most commonly occurs in humans, yeah? Okay. I figured that they had it first, and now it's most commonly... <laughs> appears in humans but oh, it's, or it's yeah, sort of like that thing about you know we all have the coronavirus because somebody ate a bat or whatever uh it's that but for but for horse fucking <laughs> i thought wait, i thought somebody fucked a bat it's into a horse <laughs> so victim blaming that's what you're doing john all right bobby you can tell us more about this so all right. Uh, the Federation's Secretary General, Sabrina Ibanez, said several more nasty-ass horses have died from the outbreak since Valencia spread the herp all over the place. This was not an easy decision to block events in mainland Europe, Ibanez said, but this EHV1 outbreak is probably the most serious we've had in Europe for many decades. There have been horse herpes outbreaks in Europe before, but those got nothing on Valencia's herpes. <laughs> yeah. So I guess there's Valencia herpes is fucking powerful shit. It sounds like yeah. it's the truth. Weapons grade. Weapons grade. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, and uh, you would expect no less from Valencia is what I'm trying to say. It's crazy that there were 150 horses and almost half of them got it. Yeah, dude, 72 got the herp, dude. That's great. Every equestrian event must be just like a massive horse orgy. Yeah. No, it's they just all share one giant salt lick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> mouth herp. It's like they're getting ulcer, like cold sores. No, nah, that's what Bobby calls cunnilingus is salt licking. <laughs> yeah. So, so in humans, I know that it's common courtesy when you know you have herpes to create what's commonly called a herpic circle, where you and a few friends do a little wife swapping on the weekends, and you just kind of keep it in the circle. Okay, so it's just, so it's probably just the horses being uh, being dicks. You know, oh. not not adhering to the herpic yeah. circle rules that They're, humans have. See, I was going to go with the other way. I thought they were being very friendly with each other. I was like, oh, you, did you hear that uh, 
whatever, Mr. Ed, I can't, this, that's how far back my references go. <laughs> Mr. Ed, the horse, got herpes. So, hey, why don't we all get herpes so he doesn't feel like he's being singled out? Yeah, it's a show of solidarity. <laughs> solidarity, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah, so we're like, hey, fuck it. But then these other 75 horse dicks were like, no, fuck no, we're not getting that fucking herp. <laughs> All right, John, you can close us out with this last thing. All right. It's scary because it's so serious and spreads so easily, added Dr. Peter Heidman, an internal medicine specialist at the Palm Beach Equine Clinic, who seems to be a bit of a coward. <laughs> There's a herp vaccine, but it's not 100% effective, and because of horses' private nature, many refuse to take it due to fears of microchipping. <laughs> yeah. They love freedom. I guess so. I guess they love freedom and they, they refuse to get the herp vaccine. And also, I mean, maybe, you know, you could also argue like, well, if it's not 100% effective, then why would I take it? But it's like, what vaccine, even the COVID vaccines right now aren't 100% effective. They're 100% effective at killing freedom. <laughs> yeah, you tell them. Tell them, Ian. Fucking, I ain't taking a Bill Gates microchip. <laughs> The Federation is allowing horse jumping shows in Spain, Portugal, Italy, and Belgium to continue as long as no new nasty-ass horses enter the events and no cases of the virus are detected and the horses stay the fuck away from Valencia. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm bringing something into the story here, but um, Carlos, is there anything you want to tell us about you, you and horses recently? No, I don't know what you're talking about. But... Oh, like my last name you're saying. You know, the thought did cross my mind. Uh, you, that, you know what? I, that is funny. That Hey, that is a good point. That, you did have... What? <laughs> I, okay, well, I guess we got to move on to the next story. Carlos's asshole is like a Petri dish. <laughs> you, you had that Cheshire cat smile going. I think I see a little bit of bashfulness there. So I, just... well, Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I, you know. I thought the name was just like a show of respect. It's uh, yeah, that is too bad. By the way, I also had to cancel my uh, spring tour <laughs> for the same reason. We're gonna move on to the second story. Pastor tells women to look pretty, or husbands will stray in sermon to Missouri church. And I, I want to start giving the sources for this. It's from the Kansas City Star. The previous was from the AP, the Associated Press. This one's again, I'll repeat, pastor tells women to look pretty or husbands will stray in sermon to Missouri church. Ian, you can tell us a little bit more about this story. A Missouri pastor is on leave after delivering a sermon educating women on how to be better people. Pastor Stuart Allen Clark took a leave of absence Tuesday from First General Baptist in Malden, Missouri, birthplace of New Orleans Saints nose tackle Darlin Moore who was selected in the second round of the 1973 <laughs> NFL draft after playing college football at the University of Oklahoma in Norman, Oklahoma, birthplace of Hobacock, long-time co-host of the fourth hour of the Today Show with former President George W. Bush's daughter, Jenna Bush Hager, and previously with American treasurer Kathy Lee Gifford of Live with Regis and Kathy Lee fame. After widespread criticism of the sermon in which Stuart Allen Clark told wives to lose weight, wear makeup, and dress up for their husbands. Yeah, apparently this dude is like a very sexist pastor, is, is the point, I guess. So he said all this shit about women. You know what I'm saying? So he was thinking he could keep the divorce rate nice and low by making the ladies extra pretty. Is that what he was thinking? Well, you know what? I, this is what I like about you, and you're looking at the positive side of this thing. Most people are looking at it like, ah, oh, this fucking sexist piece of shit. But you're looking at it like he's just trying to keep marriages together. 
And I, I like how out of a lot of those words, the one that tripped you up the most was today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kudos to you for knowing how to say Hoda's last name, because I, I didn't know. How do, how do you say that? It's K-O-T-B. Oh, who the hell knows? Yeah, who knows? But anyway, it's, uh, the, yeah, from Norman, Oklahoma. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. So, Bobby, you can tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah. Apparently, if there's a headline that involves the words stray and sermon, um, my brain reads that as uh, spray semen. So. Uh, of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to tell me twice. Uh, Clark said in his sermon, now look, I'm not saying every woman can be the epic trophy wife of all time like Melania Trump. I'm not saying that at all. Most women can't be trophy wives, but you know, maybe you're a participation trophy. <laughs> this is all quotes. Like, it does sound like something Bobby would say, but it's actually <laughs> he's quoting the, the pastor preacher guy. Uh, then after a picture of Melania Trump was displayed on the big screen, he added, I don't know, but all I can say is not everybody looks like that. Amen. Not everybody looks like that. But you don't need to look like a butch either. Yeah, so he's like saying, hey, you don't got to be like, the super hottest, you know, Melania Trump, as we all know, is the epitome of beauty. You don't have to look like that. But, yeah, don't be a butch. Don't look like a lesbian, I guess, is what he's trying to say. I think we all agree. I guess so. <laughs> I'm just curious, like, what kind of member of the church that was disgruntled came to him in private and said, Hey, my wife, she's been a little frumpy lately, not doing the jumping jacks. Could you maybe give us a little uplifting pep speech during the service today? And the guy's like, I got you. I assumed he was talking to his own wife. <laughs> this was for. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. What we're not telling you here is that the wife was sitting in a chair and he was like talking directly at her. You don't have to look like Melania Trump. You don't have to look like a butch. Yeah. Or, hey, or look, crying. a lot, a lot of deities are saying. Or crying out loud. <laughs> this does get me. Like, I honestly don't think Melania Trump. I mean, she's not ugly, but I don't find her to be like super beautiful. Do you guys find her to be a knockout? I mean, not now. Yeah, in kind I mean, of like a 50-plus kind of age range. Maybe she's hot. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Is she 50-plus now? I mean, if Donald Trump's like 74, then I would hope so. Holy shit. He's robbing the cradle if she's yeah, not. Who, oh, yeah, because God forbid Donald Trump might do something that was unethical. <laughs> I would be shocked. Yeah, good Lord. He would, he would, how would that look upon him? <laughs> I don't, I just don't, because she's obviously had like plastic surgery, so she's got one of those faces that's like almost like stuck yeah. sort of thing, and then she also has the fake boobs, and it's just, she just looks too plastic to See, me. I, I, I never knew how much of that was resting bitch face, and how much of that was plastic surgery, but um, something's going on there. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, I don't know either what the ratios are there, but you can tell when some people have had plastic surgery. That's what I wonder, is like, sometimes I say... I hate when older women get plastic surgery because it just looks so terrible. Why can't they be like these other older women that still look great without having plastic surgery? But you know what? For all I know, maybe those other women did get plastic surgery, just went to a better plastic surgeon. You, know <laughs> you never know. Yeah, they didn't cheap out on the procedure. Yeah, that's right. They didn't fucking get it out of a Groupon. <laughs> all right. I'll do this. The First General Baptist is a church in the General Baptist denomination, which released a statement saying Clark's sermon was, quote, not consistent with the position and values of the organization. General Baptists believe that every woman was created in the image of God and they should be valued for that reason. General Baptist Ministries posted on Facebook, Furthermore, we believe that all individuals, regardless of any factors, are so loved by God that Christ died for them. 
I'm assuming that the part that's not in the quote here is unless you're gay. Yeah, I, I was, <laughs> I, I was <laughs> waiting for the parenthetical. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's the thing is like these these people, this Baptist church, whatever, is trying to separate themselves from this preacher. But to be honest with you, like a lot, there's there's a shitload of fucking sexist shit in the Bible, and there's all yeah. kinds. Of, this guy was just kind of like a little too crass about it. I guess they should put out a press release like this about God. i really felt like the book song of solomon was a little too racy and uh not appropriate for kids i would love to see that would be fucking great if some one of these baptist churches decided to distance themselves from god that almost sounds like an onion headline doesn't it yeah there's that (laughs) campaign to cancel god evangelical church distance themselves from the creator after controversial (laughs) writings All right, John, you can do this next one. Uh, Clark suggested husbands should display the following verse on the headboard of of their beds. The wife has no longer all the rights over her body, but shares them with her husband, adding, so whenever she's not in the mood, dig out your Bible. Wow. (laughs) Clark, I can't tell what of this Carlos added in what it is. No, what? How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) But that's the thing is, like, I can't, I honestly can't tell the difference. He may have said this. (laughs) <laughs> no, he did say this. I swear to this God. This is the word it. of the Lord. That's right. Yeah. You can actually look that one up in the Bible. It's in there. So, Ian, I'll uh, let you do this next one. All right. A few more quotes from Clark's sermon included. Why is it so many times that women, after they get married, let themselves go? Why is that? Why do they do that? Is he just Men. doing like open mic over there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's what it sounds What's like. What's the deal with yeah. this? Yeah. What like else I, I want to talk about? <laughs> Like, I think I've brought this up in the podcast at some point. And then <laughs> men have a need for their women to look like women. Sweatpants don't cut it all the time. Wearing flip-flops and pajamas to Walmart, that ain't going to work. Ain't nothing attractive about that. It ain't. And men want their wives to look good at home and in public. Can I get it? Amen. See, this guy is pulling after my own heartstrings here. If this guy was to say, and I'm sure he did, if women are on their period, they need to do anal for their man. Because God commands it. I thought this was like an offhand remark, but it was—it looks like it was the entire sermon. He's just it, basically railing against his wife without actually using her name. Yeah, this is some passive aggressive shit right here. He's like describing what she's wearing. Yeah. <laughs> she's, and, and why is the cheese only on one side of the... Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead. No, I was going to... I just ruined the whole fucking thing. Sorry. Bobby, Bobby was going to bring up Clueless again. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, and, and she only gets the cheese on one side of the sandwich. What, what's up with that? You know? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Bobby, here's some more shit that the guy said. Ladies, it's the way God made us. It's the way we are. Men are going to look. He made us to look. Uh, you want them to be looking at you. Don't let yourself go. Let me tell you something. I have a friend. He has put a divorce weight on his wife. That's how important this is. (laughs) All you broads need to start (laughs) suckling on my jizz fountain because Jesus and shit. (laughs) I'm not even fucking around. Come get it, you filthy whores. You know you want some of the forbidden fruit of my loins. According to Clark's church, he's now, quote, seeking professional counseling. Yep. 
I'm willing to wager that Mr. Valencia editorialized that last one. Okay, maybe I editorialized the last one, but the other ones, the other ones are true. They, they, but what the fuck is a divorce wait, weight? And how, I, how do you I put a divorce like a, weight? It's on a your th- wife? the threshold, like where if she goes above this weight, I'm gonna. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ian. If anybody should know this, is you. Have you heard of yeah. like limit orders and put orders and that sort of shit? Yeah, Ian's like divorce that. weight's like 135. <laughs> 135? Did he up it? <laughs> yeah, but no, this is like, isn't that, you tell me, because I never know the terminology, but if a stock hits a certain point, you can set it up where it just sells or buys it. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think anything above 135 is a sale, right? That's what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, right. Get that shit out of here. Yeah. You've been, you've been shorting your wife this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I actually have the source of all this because, yeah, you guys are questioning that I made all this up. How dare you? Let's watch all 23 minutes of this. <laughs> we are what? Oh, we are shit. sitting through all 23 minutes of this sermon. Yeah. Just just get to the suckling on my jizz fountain part. <laughs> then I want you to know a need that a man has that he won't ever tell you about. But since I'm the preacher man, I'll say it. Your man needs an attractive wife. Right. Now he says your man needs to have an attractive wife. You guys heard that, right? Yeah, dude, we got it. Yeah. Okay. Now, does this guy look like a fucking Adonis right now? You know what I mean? Nah, he looks like a chubby yeah. lesbian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's yeah, telling... Don't, don't look like me. Yeah, that's basically what he is. Like, you don't have to look like Melania Trump, but just don't look like me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, he made a PowerPoint. Your man. He oh, right. That's, that's yep. the worst part. Hockey player said... He said, I married a trophy wife, but now she looks like the Stanley Cup. You see what I'm talking about? That's what I'm talking about. All right? That's what I'm talking about. And, and ladies here, here's the thing you need to know about men. Don't give him a reason to be like this distracted boyfriend. Okay, and he's showing that picture from the memes of the, the famous distracted. meme. The way God made us, it's the way we are. Men are going to look. He made us to look. You want them to be looking at you. So you guys not- hear the chatter in the background? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's like there's like one guy going, yeah. Yeah. Going, they're going, fuck yeah. And then his wife is giving him the biggest stink guy ever. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just his let own yourself go. It's important that your man has a, has a good-looking woman on his arm. But you say, how can I do that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. I'm so glad you asked that question because you're in my office, you and your husband, and we're talking about your marriage, and uh, you've asked me this question about what can I do about that. All right, if you were sitting in my office, here's the first thing I'd say to you. And boy, I hate to say that. This is why I don't do marital counseling anymore. This is why he doesn't do marital counseling anymore, by the way. It's also why he's not the pastor of this church anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he's crescendoing up to selling a fit gym. Oh, my God. <laughs> this turns into a Nutrisystem pitch in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I hate that was the, coming. The, next, the yeah. next slide was weight control. Yeah, he's got just the thing that can help them out with that weight control. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> For Six weeks of rib sticking meals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No wonder I don't do marital counseling anymore. And so what I want to tell you is this. Ten months later, she had lost 100 pounds. Yeah, depression will do that. (laughs) (laughs) She was really upset after the divorce. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you guys can hear this part now, but you'll hear a baby crying. Yeah. That's how bad it's gotten. You want to change your hairstyle. It's a mission to me. Why is it? 
Why do women always cut their hair after they get married? That's not a baby. That's one of those churches. That's a child bride. <laughs> Actually, I think this might be the part where John accused me of making it up. This is where it is. First thing to say before, the wife has no longer all rights over her body. Woo! But she shares them with her husband. There's a double. Woo! Woo! So whenever she's not in the mood, dig out your Bible. Holy shit, he got a Ric Flair fucking woo yeah. in there. Not only did he get a woo, he got a woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> he got a double Ric Flair-style woo. I gotta say, after watching this, I am seriously considering changing to a different church. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say you got to amend your vows. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong the whole time. Are you married, John? You're not married. Uh, I'm supposed to be getting married in August, unless we have to reschedule yeah. it again. Unless she gains weight or something. <laughs> Unless she doesn't abide by the word of God. <laughs> Ian, I know you're married, so what are you you have the most valid take on all this? How do you feel about the preacher's man's words? I think I mean he speaks the truth. From my perspective, <laughs> you know, a happy couple is a fit, attractive couple that likes to fuck. And once you lose that lust and passion, then you're basically fucking the neighbor, in some cases, horses in other countries, not name dropping against you or anything, Mr. Valencia, but you start to wonder, basically. Very well. So I think that's our answer. <laughs> so all this shit is valid then. I think yeah. so. I mean, that guy had some pizzazz. I mean, he could probably sell Nutrisystem or anything else he wanted at that end point of his little sermon there. What blows my mind is this is a guy wearing what looked like a barber's smock uh, and clearly has like a size 52 waist. Yeah. 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 Complaining about how fat his wife has gotten. Exactly. That, like, that's the, I mean, everything that he's saying is absolute fucking bullshit. But the fact that he looks the way he looks, yeah. and, we'll, and we'll post it on the Patreon. We'll post a, a link to the video so you guys can see this. But yeah, this dude of all people is going to fucking try to tell women that they need to be better looking. Fuck out of here. Yeah, he's like yeah. a four at best. All right, guys, we're going to move on to our main topic of the night. There's our indecorous deep dive. We build this show as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week's deep dive was written by Bobby. While many people are aware that Mark Zuckerberg ripped off the idea for Facebook from other Harvard students... There are a lot of stolen million-dollar ideas that most of us use on a daily basis. Tonight, we are going to talk about some of the most famous inventions whose creators didn't get credit at the time. And I want to be, uh, I just want to be up front that I also, in the vein of this story, yes. um, ripped off a lot of this from articles I googled on the internet. Oh yeah, so, yeah, we ripped yeah. off the idea of ripped off ideas from yes. somebody else. Very well. You, there there wasn't somebody to name to give credit to, so. Very well. But yeah. we're upfront about the our it's, ripping it, off. It's trickle down ripping off trickle you know, at this down point, which, off. as yeah. we know, works. So. Exactly. So, Ian, you can start us off. All right. Engineering professor Robert Kearns built the first intermittent windshield wipers and patented his inventions. Knowing he had a million-dollar idea on his hands, he shopped it around to Ford, Chrysler, and GM, but was rejected by all three. That didn't stop them from stealing his idea and replicating the technology, so he sued and was eventually awarded damages from Ford and Chrysler after spending more than a decade in court. So they made a movie about this, actually, starring Greg Kinnear. 
Oh, is that right? I, I knew they made a movie. I didn't know Greg Kinnear of huh. later fame had done it. Yeah, I believe it's called something like, you have the right to bend over and taste my cock or something like that. Because before then, it was either they went crazy fast or crazy slow, and that was it. Two settings. And he was like, hey, sweet papa man, the fuck am I supposed to do with this shit? So he's like, <laughs> we need one that's just right. The Goldilocks windshield wiper setting, if you will. So this guy just took his anger to his fucking little garage, all his little gizmos, ignored the fucking family, no sex with the wife, and started just fucking grinding out this shit to solve a problem that pissed him off. That is, I did wonder about this. I haven't seen the movie, but I actually had heard of the story before the movie even came out. But it made me wonder, like, is this a very difficult thing? Because, I mean, I also don't want to diminish his invention. Because sometimes, once you get used to, I mean, I'm not trying to age myself here, but I was born once intermittent windshield wiper technology was already at its peak. So <laughs> the only world I know is a world of intermittent windshield wiping. So it's hard for me to believe that there ever was a world without intermittent windshield wiping. I hope you guys appreciate how hard it is for me to keep saying these words. <laughs> so it's hard for me to believe that it's really that hard. I mean, nobody ever thought about this. It was either like at the very beginning of shit, it was just like this shit's going to go wild or not go at all. Well, that's because this guy, this this guy is the pettiest man on earth. <laughs> and couldn't just flick the wiper lever once to get the rain when he needed it. Instead, he dedicated his entire fucking... This guy didn't go to his children's weddings because he was estranged from his family. <laughs> squandered his entire life on windshield wiper technology not just the time to invent it but then a decade in lawsuit like i'm imagining him in the courtroom like uh, tom hanks in philadelphia like he's homeless <laughs> he has open sores on his body trying to get that windshield wiper money I'm put, yeah i'm picturing his daughter just crying it's my college graduation dad you missed all my previous ones just like, oh, flick that's... the lever one time Who <laughs> dad you don't even know your middle child's name <laughs> i have thought about that actually though because at this point again you know I'm, I'm i'm only 30 so again you guys have more perspective on this than i do but when you have a car that like it has two speeds, like super slow or super fast, it's just got to be the car company being like, fuck you, you're poor. Like, I can't imagine it costs that much to add that extra speed to the windshield wipers. It actually costs more to take it out. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I think about shit like that. Like, it probably costs them more to put in manual windows instead of power windows like it's probably cost them more money to put manual roll down things but they're like nah fuck it you're poor you gotta pay for that shit in front of all your friends yeah you roll, roll yourself up by your bootstraps you know <laughs> that's right and so so basically my point is i think car companies that don't put these basic things in their cars at this point are just doing it out of fucking spite yeah like it all oh, comes off standard the robots are making these things and then they just have to, yeah. they have to set a few aside and be like i feel like this is not going to make somebody miserable enough <laughs> yeah exactly let's get a team of guys to go in there and put a tape deck in. and they have to they probably have to get some like fucking 70 year old union worker that still knows how to put that shit in because nobody else does but he's like no nah, we gotta punish these people for being poor <laughs> it's crazy to me that they made a movie about this 
Like anytime somebody yeah. bitches about how every movie that comes out now is a Marvel movie, like, yeah, because before that we were down to making a movie about the guy who figured out how to make windshield wipers go slower. Yeah. That's not fucking. That's not a good story. Jesus Christ! I heard they're remaking it now. <laughs> There's going to be a crossover with the Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, appropriately enough, because the Winter Soldier—that's when you need these fucking. That's right. That's wipers. when you they're need those rain axes. Incorporate some religious teachings, and the guy's just going to be berating his wife during uh, the second half. <laughs> and then he's going to thread his asshole hair. I think now. Good Lord, how many callbacks can we do in one fucking thing? All right, Bobby, you can do this next one. Um, originally attributed to a Lutheran reverend named Daniel Call, who was said to have taught Jasper Newton Jack Daniel how to distill alcohol. It turns out the reverend's slave Nathan Nearest Green was instrumental in creating the recipe and method for the famous Tennessee whiskey. Wait, this guy's fucking nickname was Nearest? Yeah. How the I, fuck I, did you get that nickname? Yeah. That's one of those Margaret Peggy motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. right? The guy had like fish, the fish glasses with the. I think uh, the well, <laughs> the unfortunate interpretation for this one was that this guy wanted to beckon a slave, and this one was the one that happened to be nearest, and then that <laughs> was what yeah. stuck. That's, that's it. okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a, a proximity-based nickname. <laughs> yeah. So Reverend Call is quoted as saying, "Uncle Nearest is the best whiskey maker that I know of," but that didn't stop him from taking credit and the fortune for Green's whiskey. A whiskey called Uncle Nearest was launched in Tennessee in honor of the real whiskey maestro, which ironically did nothing more than make money for another person that didn't create the famous whiskey. <laughs> okay, so can you just unfold this for me? So the guy, the actual Jack Daniels, mm -hmm. stole it from Nearest? No, so I guess a Lutheran, this Lutheran reverend taught, I think, this Jasper Newton... Uh, I guess his nickname was Jack Daniel, well, how to distill alcohol. But wait, but, wait, this, is this not the Jack Daniels? Yeah, that's Jack Daniel. Bobby, did you not catch on yeah. that this was Jack Daniels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is oh, okay, Jack. okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, I had I no idea. Was... I've never heard of Jack Daniels. No, but I was like, you're like, yeah, this guy called Jack Daniel. Um... Yeah. It's, maybe some of you guys have heard of it. I've never heard uh, of yeah, yeah. It's news to me. Friend of Johnny Walker? <laughs> okay, so that, okay, so that's how they got the whole fucking thing for Jack Daniels. Yeah, yeah, but this, I guess, the guy that taught the Jack Daniel, or he stole the idea from his slave. Uh, um, so if this guy had been like furthest green, we wouldn't have Jack Daniels right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so Jack Daniel is actually the good guy because he stole from the, the, the well. Yeah, that's right. He, he at least stole from the thief. Exactly. So it's like yeah. The, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, sort of Two thing. Two wrongs make it right. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's right. It, but I guess in 2016, the company had to issue a press release about this, I guess. And they're, they're like, look, don't worry. Don't worry. We're not going to pay anybody. But this is the story. <laughs> but we would like to claim credit for having thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this would be one of those things where... We were talking about earlier on the podcast about, did you hear about this, John? The country singer guy that said the N-word and then all his streams shot up and he went to number one after that? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I did hear yeah, of that. Apparently, Bobby loves him. This is something that Dude. we found out earlier in the podcast. <laughs> I, I, 
but not until after that video. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, that's that was, absolutely correct. That was the inspiration. Um, no, I do. I do not like country music, but I'm not going to lie. Some of that stuff is pretty catchy. <laughs> see, see, you heard it here. You heard it here. He's saying that unironically too. Unironic. He's not even fucking around. You're like, you question where I make stuff up. Fucking Bobby's straight shooter right there. <laughs> but anyway, point is. That's how that guy showed up to popularity is by saying the N-word. Well, that's what fucking Jack Daniels should do. He says, yeah, we stole from a slave guy. Sorry. And everybody's like, yeah, everybody's going to cancel Jack Daniels. And then everybody's going to fucking their cells are going to shoot up because they fucking fucked over a slave. Yeah, there's a certain demographic where the more racist you are, the more money you can make. Yeah, but fucking tell Bobby over I- here. I think yeah, like we were we were kind of talking about earlier. I think a lot of people just hadn't heard of him. I like I would have had no idea who the dude was if his name wasn't in the news. And then apparently he's got over a billion fucking streams now or something. It's a a very yeah. difficult Jesus threshold Christ. to cross. Right. Half of those are just Bobby, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I can't imagine. I seriously can't imagine like people are are really like, man, this guy hates like I hate, and then you know goes and listens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Hate like I hate is the name of his next album. All right, John, you can do his next one. With more than 250 million games sold, Monopoly is one of the most popular board games of all time. The story, you you guys hear my um, voiceover (laughs) audition. I I was like, did somebody just tune in the radio or something? (laughs) The story the company passed off is true for years. (laughs) Was that an unemployed salesman created the game in his basement during the Great Depression. In reality, left-wing feminist Lizzie Maggie invented the landlord's game in 1904 to promote the idea of land tax and to caution against the perils of land grabbing. I, I, I'm going to just read yeah, it fucking, I mean, how much do we owe you for that read? <laughs> it was essentially this game that the salesman ripped off and pitched to Parker Brothers in 1935, complete with a spelling error copied directly from the original. Parker Brothers was able to avoid being sued when it acquired the rights to the landlord's game and 40 years went by before they admitted Maggie was the real brains behind oh, it. Oh, no. So, so the game Maggie, was an anti-capitalist propaganda is what you're saying, essentially. Oh, so, like, yeah, yeah. So the game, of, of when when Maggie did it, it was supposed to be like a cautionary tale. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, man, you catch up on uh, all these hotels on Baltic Avenue. It's going to be a real motherfucker. And isn't it ironic <laughs> that people who yeah. play the game now are all like, money, 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 greed. They view the game as like a... Like learning how to succeed in life. It's not yeah. really taught in the lenses uh, of capitalism is bad. It's almost yeah. like gone the other way these days. It's Monopoly uh, Gordon Gecko edition. Yeah. Well, it's a lot like capitalism in that it's uh, just a horrible experience all the way through, except for everybody but the one person that wins it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only, <laughs> only one person is happy at the end. Is the fucking <laughs> Well, I'll do this next one. With annual sales in the billions and a brand only newborn babies aren't familiar with, Lego founder Ole Kirk Christensen ripped off the idea from a British company called Kittycraft after being shown a demo of a machine making their building blocks in 1946. The CEO of Kittycraft, Hilary Fisher Page, died without realizing Lego was infringing on his copyright. In 1982... Lego bought the rights to Kittycraft, reached an out-of-court settlement with Page's company, and scrubbed all references to Page and Kittycraft from its corporate history. All right, so Kittycraft, those are the ones that actually made the little blocks. They're the original Lego makers. And they got memory holes. (laughs) 
What is that? Memory hold? What does that mean? Oh, like from 1984, like when Big Brother or the party decides that they want to flip the country they've always been at war at, like all references to the other war just get like... Oh, yeah. Is that a... I don't, I don't know enough about any of this stuff, but it seems like it would be a decent... Not, not decent, actually, that would be the opposite of decent, but it would be a strategy if once you become a huge corporation off of somebody else's idea, just buy the other company. And then you can be like, yeah, fuck it. We don't care anymore. Yeah. Have their owner killed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> so the, I think what we really should be talking about is what are some good ideas that we could steal? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. This isn't the exact same thing, but we've had other stories about how, well, you know, McDonald's was started by McDonald, but then what is his name? Croft? Ray Croc. A. Croc. Croc. Peace be upon him. <laughs> yes. Croc bought it out and then fucking killed it. And then same with Taco Bell. It was what? Do you guys remember what it was? The guy that started Taco Bell? Glenn Bell, I think. Yeah. So he stole the idea from like a taco place across the street from him. So I guess this is not an uncommon thing. It just when a fucking person that's that has no scruples sees a good idea, they just fucking take it, make it massive, yeah. and then just destroy the little guy. That's the corporate playbook. That's the American dream. <laughs> I, I feel like we may have talked about it before, but I was always so suspicious. I would like watch in anger the the commercial back in the day for those. First, I think it was Invent Tech. And then I think they probably got sued and had to change their name to Invent Help. But the uh-huh. whole premise of the, the business was like, hey, you don't know how to get things patented. Why don't you call us? Give us your <laughs> idea. Right. We'll patent it for you, and then we definitely won't cut you out of any money that we make <laughs> off of it. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm pretty sure that's that was like a, a sound business model uh, yeah, like, for at least a while. Exactly. How many times do you think they like went back to the original person that created the idea and said, oh, sorry, bad news. Your idea was already patented, so you can't get it too bad. And they were the ones that got the patent. Oh, of course. Yeah. They already know that they don't have an attorney, you know. (laughs) This goes back to a theory that we've kind of, you could even say it's the theme of this podcast, is how nobody ever gets to be a billionaire without doing shady shit. Yeah. Of course. Like Kitty Craft, they had a cool little idea with these building block shits, but they weren't willing to just fucking exploit it and be like massive assholes about it. And I th- I'm, I'm sure some people were put off by the name. I know I am. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, too. Kitty Craft, not the best fucking marketing name that that you could come up with. It kind of sounds like some kind of pedophile wizard <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? And Lego sounds like what the kids yell when you engage in Kitty Craft. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you can do this next one. Isaac Merritt Singer is widely credited with inventing the modern sewing machine and making a fortune off the design he stole from sewing machine pioneer Elias Howe. Before you start feeling bad for Howe, you need to realize that Howe stole most of the design from inventor John Fisher, only Howe was savvy enough to have the invention patented. Howe took Singer to court and after five years of legal battles, was awarded a lump sum royalty payment and a share in Singer's future profits. Fisher, on the other hand, received nothing for his invention except a mention on this podcast. <laughs> well, nothing. I take offense to that. 
Shout out, to, <laughs> shout out to Fisher. Can we plug his social media or any of his yeah, obituaries yeah. or something? What's his Insta? Yeah. Yeah, what's yeah, Fisher's it's TikTok? A, it's at pissed off. I think we should get Greg Kinnear to star in a movie that nobody watches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this one is more interesting than the windshield wipers. We've got nine screenplay ideas right here, guys. That's how we steal the idea. It's like, what has he been doing lately? He's, he's got to have time for this shit, right? <laughs> this next one... Ian, tell us more about it. All right. Even the light bulbs we use every day weren't invented by who we thought they were. Thomas Edison stole ideas from other inventors and combined them with his own know-how to create the first commercially successful (laughs) incandescent light bulb in 1879. Part of the concept came from Canadian inventors Henry Woodward and Matthew Evans, who sold Edison their patent after they failed to secure financing to produce it. He also drew heavily on Joseph Swan's designs for carbon filament electric lighting, which had been published in Scientific American magazine. Swan successfully sued Edison, and after the revelation, Edison had also based aspects of his design on work by American engineer William Sayer. U.S. authorities canceled his patents. Edison also stole ideas for the record player and movie projector. So holy shit, this guy's a big-time hack, basically. Yeah, apparently Edison was a real jerk. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard this before that apparently because even like when Tesla was working with him, we couldn't get along with him and shit like that. Yeah, I've heard him compared to Steve Jobs because he gets credit for all this stuff that we think of as being invented by Thomas Edison. But he had rooms full of genius engineers inventing this shit. And then he would go out and pretend like he thought it up. <laughs> he was like the money guy, the business guy that had all the resources and people working for him. He would crush the little guy, steal their ideas. He wasn't the tinkerer inventor though he was just the face of the company he was just really the inventor of the corporate mindset yeah, yeah basically you can do this next paragraph uh uh ian help him out <laughs> i have no fucking clue that's some alphabet soup shit right there Marconi is universal universally recognizes the inventor of the radio and even won a joint Nobel Prize for his efforts in 1909. What most people don't realize is Marconi used 17 of Nikola Tesla's patents to develop it, and some of Marconi's patents were denied because of the overlap. In 1904, the U.S. Patent Office reversed their decision and awarded Marconi a patent for the invention of the radio, and his strong financial backing is thought to be the reason for that reversal. Tesla did try to sue, but but his broke ass didn't have the money to contend the case. To add insult to injury, nowadays you can listen to the radio while driving a Tesla. Oh, huh. damn. Oh, Didn't damn. even think about that shit. Got his ass. Which he also didn't invent, by the way. So all this guy got was the googly <laughs> yeah. eyes were named after him, probably? Say what? So all this guy got was googly eyes were probably named after him? You guys remember those <laughs> googly eyes are shaking around and crazy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're talking about Guglielmo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, your callbacks go way too back. We can only follow back to about a sentence or two back, and then you just fucking call back to the dude's dude's crazy name. But Tesla is like the epitome of what I was talking about earlier, like from what I know. Not that I'm a fucking expert on this shit, but Tesla just gave a fuck about electricity and inventing shit and learning more. He didn't care about marketing or any of that shit. So people just took advantage of the guy. I believe he also had a run in with Thomas Edison. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, they, yeah, he had to stop working with Edison and shit. And these are the guys, again, that come up with the fucking greatest ideas 
But again, if it's going to take over the world, then you got to have one of these fucking assholes that's yeah. going like, to take over it. Yeah, these guys invented the modern world, but in order for us to get our hands on the technology, we need an asshole to come along to destroy that man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the sad... I think that's a perfect description of it, as sad as it is, but I think it is. It takes a fucking asshole yeah. to get idiots to listen to the ideas of these geniuses. Yeah, step one is steal from a genius, and step two <laughs> is employ child labor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know, there's some of that in stand-up comedy where, I mean, how many times have you seen just an awful comedian that is just on this never-ending marketing blitz and they get a lot more work than funnier people because oh, of Oh, yeah. That? Absolutely. We, I'm sure we mentioned this. I know I probably have. Where there's genius comics that I've met on the road or that I've worked with. And I'm or that like, you've been for the last 30 years. That, yeah, and that I meet when I look in the mirror. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, why is this guy not huge? <laughs> and meanwhile, and then you also see mediocre comics that are like getting all the gigs and getting opportunities. And it's because they're fucking marketers. They're, they're the like, most famous half Persian comedians in the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Who actually has a GoFundMe right now to fucking try to finance his career. But let's not get into that. Yeah. I also know the backstory on this whole thing. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I keep tabs on all you guys. God damn. Kayvon is John's brother, Carlos. Oh, my uh, God. I mean, spiritually, spiritually. <laughs> You're the other half of the Persian? That's right. If we interlock bodies, you get one. we morph into one Persian. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like Voltron of Persians, isn't it? <laughs> Prince of Persia. Isn't that what the theme was of that? I don't know. All right. Let's get into this last one of this. The Italian government claimed in 2008 on the 200th birthday of telecoms pioneer Antonio Miucci that he, not Alexander Graham Bell, invented the telephone. In 1871, Miucci showcased his teletrofono and submitted a patent ca caveat. Kavit, Kavit, Carlos. Kavit, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how hard I had to stop myself from saying Kavit. It looks like Kavit. How is that caveat? All right. Caveat for the device several years before Bell, who worked in the same lab, filed. Oh, my God. Did I just forget how to read? I'm going to have to start again. This is what happens Let's start the time. podcast over. Yeah, let's yeah. just do a little uh, yeah, can you tell us more about Norman, Oklahoma? And then I'll pick it up from there. In 1871, Miucci showcased his teletrofono <laughs> and submitted a patent caveat for the device several years before Bell, who worked in the same lab, filed his patent. All right, I'm going to blame this a little bit on you, Bobby, because that is a <laughs> Yeah, you would love sentence. to do that. You would love to do Good that, Lord, wouldn't you? Man, that's a <laughs> difficult sentence to navigate, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. You got to QC the copy, um, bro. I'm glad you're here, John, for our last episode. <laughs> See, <laughs> this is like watching the Beatles break up. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, you're our Yoko Ono. Miyuchi's attempts to license his teletrofono were rejected by the Western Union Telegraph Company and the patent caveat expired in 1874. If Miucci had been able to cough up the equivalent of $225 in today's money, chances are Bell wouldn't have received his patent. Miucci did try to sue, but died before the proceedings could be completed, and I would like to think under mysterious circumstances. 
So, Bob, you're, you're editorializing here a little bit. Yeah. And uh, well, some yeah. suspicious shit happened here. I am setting us up for a juicy screenplay, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is better than the fucking windshield wipers, though, for real. <laughs> oh, my God. This, so whole, I, I, this whole thing has become a fucking mission for John to, like, shit on the windshield wipers movie. And pursue my <laughs> lifelong jihad against Greg Kinnear. <laughs> yeah, right. So I've got some sauce here on Alexander Graham Bill I'd like to share. Mm-hmm. Um, he apparently hated deaf people with a fucking passion. He feared there was so going to be... So not cr- unlike yourself. Not unlike myself. He was <laughs> that, actually... Yeah, Ian learned this in one of his deaf-hating <laughs> message boards. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm on a Reddit sub that talks shit about deaf people. So uh, so, so Graham, was a, Graham Bell was a eugenicist, and he was afraid there was going to become a deaf race. So he advocated for eliminating sign language and wanted to shut down all the deaf schools because he was afraid that they were going to... Not buy his telephone. They were going to keep procreating <laughs> at such a fast race they were going to become the superior race, rendering all speaking, talking, listening humans utterly useless. And then he stole some ideas from this fucker, you know. <laughs> and then Hitler stole his idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so I don't know if I redeemed... I mean, he's obviously the villain of this story. I don't know if I redeemed him by sharing that he hated deaf people, but that put a smile on my face. <laughs> I got to say, you have a beautiful pronunciation of teletrophon. Just say it again. <laughs> yeah, I wanted, well, that's the other part is I wanted to say you have a disgusting pronunciation of teletrofono. <laughs> <laughs> it's very repulsive when you say it. I know. But I appreciate you trying to say it. So in contrast, mine sounds all the more beautiful. Yeah, yours is um, just uh, as a musical quality. Did you roll your R's? I think I heard you roll your R's. Teletrofono. Teletrofono. Thank yeah, you. you rolled your R's like a cat purring. Holy shit. That's yeah. pretty sexy. Thank you. Thank you. I think you ran into the name problem again. This is a name issue. <laughs> yeah. You're never going to get Americans to go, Teletrofono. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole <laughs> that was, Yeah, that's where he went wrong. They're even less likely to say that than they are to say Kitty Craft. <laughs> yeah. it's all a matter of marketing dude. it is he just he just had to italian it up and and uh yeah a lot of people don't have the savvy to name their product things like indecorous words that everybody <laughs> can pronounce and fucking spell searching and search engine optimization bro, yeah buddy <laughs> it was the most effortless fucking first page on google i've ever seen in my life the day that we dropped that it was like first page of google it's, it's not even first page this is literally the only <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i'm telling you the only one, word uh, google had not fucking indexed yeah. and that's what we got <laughs> and it was mostly because google couldn't figure out how to spell it that's what it was <laughs> their algorithm couldn't figure it out all right guys we're gonna move on to our last segment of the night and this is a new segment actually we're gonna premiere this segment on this episode so who knows how it's gonna go but this was actually inspired by a segment that we had last season, which was Pornhub Comments of the Week. Remember that, you guys? You guys remember Pornhub Comments of the Week? How could I forget mm. that shit? We Absolutely. Used we used to do Pornhub Comments of the Week every week. This is Indecorous 4chan Posts of the Week. <laughs> 4chan has been described by some as an anonymous image board website, while others have called it the asshole of the internet. In this particular segment, we will be showcasing random posts from 4chan's most indecorous subboard, B. That's so the random just, one. That's the anything goes, basically. That's yeah. the random subboard of 4chan. So anything goes. And these are pretty random. Although 
I will say they're not completely random because I did try to avoid all the ones that had the N-word in it, and there's quite a bit so of them. These were the three that were left over. Yeah, those were the three <laughs> left once I fucking filtered after, out all the N-words. After days of scouring the board. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, oh my god, there's no N-word here? These are all cataloged from 2004. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So, we're going to try this segment for the first time ever. Who knows if it works out? God knows. If it doesn't work out, we can always just blame it on John. <laughs> so, just scrub me from the podcast. It just, <laughs> it'll just be like 10 minutes shorter. They're going to delete that episode of uh, Joey Fatone Show on you. I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> I, I didn't think they were going to air it. I was in a commercial that never aired. Really? Oh, yeah. let's see if I can. You fucking bury in the lead. That's right. Was was it for that church? <laughs> <laughs> Ian, you can take over this first comment. All right. I wish you could say STFU faggot on YouTube or Twitter without getting banned. Guess that's what 1984 was about. <laughs> yeah. So didn't you? Who was it that was it? You, John, that referenced 1984 earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Is this what it was about? I, I feel like this guy's got a pretty good handle on it. <laughs> this is basically, this is the cliff notes of 1984. Yeah. This is what Orwell warned us about. <laughs> you could, and at some point, you could, you know, one of these days, yeah. you're not going to be able to say, shut the fuck up, faggot, on YouTube. Yeah. You can't even literal, say the N-word at work anymore, Carlos. Literal hate speech is going to be banned. This is not the America I know and love. So this is the Orwellian world we live in. <laughs> Uh, all right. Bobby, you can do this next one. Yes, I'm making an entire 2,000-calorie deep-dish pizza for myself at 2 a.m. Yes, I'm going to eat all of it. Yes, I will throw it up after. Yes, I'm vegan. I'm trans, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Call back to my reference about bulimia. It has a fucking awesome use case here. Is that what, it is? Is that what trans life is all about? <laughs> I, I like They almost say this like, yeah, you know, not that I need to tell you that I'm trans, but obviously... <laughs> I mean, maybe fabulous trans life is all about this, because that person's probably fit, dashing. Yeah, I, he probably has a six-pack. Yeah. yeah. More like trans fat. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't think any preachers are going to be fat-shaming this fella. Yeah, yeah. Good luck, Anonymous. Or lady. Or lady, yes, thank you. All right, John, you can do this next one. What's more pathetic than a white pee-pee? Yes. Is there anything more pathetic than a white pee-pee? You guys tell me. I mean, it's a fair question. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I mean, but you guys... This is maybe the most sensible thing I've ever seen come from 4chan. <laughs> so are we talking about someone that's very hydrated and their and their pee is like pristine clear? Or are we saying... Are we talking about cum that's obviously more no. white? I think we're talking about white penises. Yeah. yeah I, I always love where your mind goes with all this uh, shit. It's pretty uh, obvious to the rest of us that they're talking about just, white penises. Yeah, I, I don't think it's pathetic to be hydrated. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's admirable quality. I don't know. I mean, I, I used to call urine pee-pee as a kid. I never called my dick a pee-pee. I mean, that sounds like even more childish. Yeah, I do think that on a subconscious level, your perception of the pee-pee is influenced by what you call it. Yeah. <laughs> so when you call it a pee-pee, you're setting yourself up for people to perceive it as pathetic. I think versus, you know, a cock to yeah. the callback to, to earlier in the, the episode. I think you're absolutely right about this one, because actually when we were talking about it earlier, it kind of came to mind I didn't mention it. But I, I want to say I could be wrong about this, but I think it was Brian Posehn used to have a 
yeah. a bit where he talks about a baby's penis or something, and he's like, you gotta call it a penis because you can't call it a cock. Like you, know, you can't call a, a baby's penis a cock. <laughs> so I think you're very you're very in tune to this penis thing, John. I, and the reason I know that is because I've tried out lots of euphemisms for mine and uh, and then uh, d- done like a test audience, like a uh, like a like yeah. a Marvel movie. Yeah, a focus group. Uh, focus group. That's what I was thinking of. Um, when I was a kid, my parents would call it a TT, which makes it sound even smaller <laughs> than a PT. Oh yeah. They called it a TT. A TT. Oh my god. But it was. But you know, Ian was saying. PP was urine, but not his penis. TT would go either way. I can see because <laughs> my penis was my TT, but also urinating was called TT. See, now I'm just now I'm just thinking there was some kind of deformation when you had your circumcision that made your penis look like a T. <laughs> is that? I mean, is that what we're getting? Hey, get? it was an uppercase T. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Back off, buddy. <laughs> Got that fucking hammerhead shark of penises over here. Do, do they still have those videos or did that site get shut down? <laughs> they found it when they did my background check for common knowledge. That's how he got on common knowledge. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you can do this next one. Nobody wrecked bitches' faces like Brandon Iron. <laughs> Dude, that is the fucking truth. Okay, that see, fu- this is why I put this on here, because I, I was pretty sure most of us would be lost, except Ian. <laughs> oh, dude. So, Ian, what does this mean? He just stared down lovingly at his Brandon Iron tattoo. He, Who he is Brandon, very... Brandon Iron to begin with? He's a very, very well-known porn star from, like, the early 2000s, and he would wreck the bitches' faces. I mean, he was a... Uh, he was... He was Mr. Cumshot. He was so, the truth. Okay, so you What does wrecking a face mean exactly? <laughs> yes, I mean, let's get down to the nitty-gritty of this. You know, bukkake is an art, first and foremost. And within the bukkake domain, there's varying degrees of expertise from pedestrian high school kids that don't know what the fuck they're doing to this this master of the art. I don't think it's fair to criticize high school kids for not knowing how to bukkake. <laughs> pro- I mean, <laughs> it sounds like you're saying that there are beginners and there are masters and everyone has to start somewhere well i mean but you should have seen ian in junior high school though like he's got the right to say he this was a shit. prodigy yes he was a maestro before his time <laughs> but the problem is you peak early with you know that's the problem with prodigies is yeah. that you know that you expect great things but it doesn't pan out because they peak when they're how old were you ian when you were at your bukkake height wrecking bitches faces 14 to 15 was probably my, my height of i was riding shotgun with mr brandon here and i was probably fapping three times a day and yeah you know i, I picked a little early but uh good good times well you were shotgunning those faces dude and <laughs> like 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 bon jovi you know he shot he shotgun so many faces rocked them all but the thing is i can also see what john is saying though like if you peak that early Boom, you're killing, you're wrecking bitches' faces, but then what? You know what I mean? Yeah, where do you go from there? You end up in a fucking podcast with two other losers and shit. <laughs> like, how sad is that? I would just shoot myself in the face. Now, I do have this one more question before we moved on. The statement from Anonymous is phrased in the past tense. Is Brandon Iron still with us? <laughs> because he says nobody wrecked. Like, he's not wrecking bitches' faces anymore. 
Yeah, now now he's uh, he's reconstructing them. <laughs> <laughs> he got into medicine. He's, he's med- he entered Works a twelve step program and he's mending the faces now. Yeah. Okay. So I had to look this up. He actually died April fifteenth, two thousand nineteen. Oh man. So R.I.P. Peace. R. Rest R. in power. What 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 happened? Wrecked too many faces, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, died by suicide. You only got so many in you. <laughs> he died by suicide at the age of 50. God I'm guessing damn. things probably got a little slow with the ladies. I mean, once you're in sort of that, you know, guys don't have the changeover from teen to MILF as gracefully. So whenever guys get up there in age, it's kind of like, well, you can do grandpa porn. We'll let you moonlight one shot uh, per year. Yeah. So he probably wasn't getting a lot of work and he was bad and killed he himself. Actually, he killed himself? Yeah, he suicided suicide. himself. Yeah, yeah dude. No way. I, I was. I just mentioned that, and I didn't even realize that was going to be the ending of this. But I guess the guy didn't have the grace to just join a podcast. A <laughs> how did he do it? Did it say how he did it? Did he wreck his own face? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, he didn't even mean to commit suicide. He just fucking ended up jerking off on his own face, and that was accidental. Freak accident. And his come was so magical that it could have saved him, but he didn't have the ability to come on his own face. All right, I'll do this next one. <laughs> the Anonymous asks, what do you consider the greatest mystery, is what Anonymous asks. And then the answers are, Anonymous says, the purpose of existence, afterlife. Okay, that seems like a reasonable one. Why my pee-pee heard? That's the second <laughs> answer. <laughs> and the third answer is, does stretching your vag feel as good as your ass? So, uh, of these three, which one do would you guys say is the greatest mystery? The last one's a deep question. So, ah, yes, right. Ah, it's, ah, a, it's a very, ah, ca- ah, it's a very cavernous question. Yeah. <laughs> very cavernous question. But see, here's another PPE. And by the way, I, I think they mean penis, says Ian. I don't think they're talking about their urine hurts. All right, all right. Is he saying hard or hurt? Oh, why my pee-pee... Yeah, it's spelled H-O-U-R-D. So that can go either why my pee-pee hard, or it could be why my pee-pee... I took it as hurt. You took it as hard. Hurting is more mysterious than hard, (laughs) I would say. Yeah, you would think he would know why the pee-pee was hard. Although I've said this before on the podcast, (laughs) and nobody could relate to it, but when I was a kid, my pee-pee would get hard when I would see naked women on the screen, and I wouldn't know why. Yeah. John, did you, can you relate to this? I uh, no, but yeah, uh, but I've like I've heard of it. I've heard of it. You've H O U R D of it. So either you didn't learn about the <laughs> birds and bees until much later in life, or you were getting erections at five years old. So which I've was never it? never had one. No, dude. Like like if there was a movie, <laughs> if there was like a movie with nudity, and a naked woman was there, I would my dick would get hard. But I had no idea why. Like, I didn't know what I was Because Greg to Kinnear do. was about to be on screen. That's right. Was. How fucking far are we going to take these callbacks? Seriously. <laughs> All right, Ian, you can do this next one. All right, so this one's more of a declarative statement. It says, stop hating black people. Yeah. And the reason I put this on there is like, when would you ever expect this from 4chan? Huh. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Probably yeah. just that one person goes on there periodically to remind them <laughs> yeah. that they need to stop. I so, think that... So, this is probably Moot, the guy that runs 4chan. Yeah. Like he's uh, obligated by law to say this once every. Th- it's kind of like that emergency alarm system that plays on the TV. Like, <laughs> yeah, th- ah. this is this is just what trolling is on 4chan. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. this is what trolling. <laughs> yeah, shut right. up, virtue signaler. <laughs> I haven't been on 4chan in a while, but correct me if I'm wrong. But they don't have upvotes and downvotes, right? Because no, no, there's no ups or downvotes. No. Yeah, it would yeah, be you... interesting to see the statistics on this comment. 
Yeah, you just give each post one through five burning crosses. <laughs> I think I think the fact that you're just posting on 4chan is an automatic 100 downvotes that you're fucking putting this position. <laughs> <laughs> Your life has taken you to the point that you're posting on 4chan. I'll read this last one. Remember that YouTube video of the gorilla slapping his butt? Look it up if you don't. That's what it says on there. That's good advice. Do you guys know the gorilla slapping his butt? I don't know it myself. I don't, but I'm going to Google it immediately. Yeah, as you as should look it up if you don't. I, I, this is, they're, already, they're talking about gorillas on 4chan. I don't like where this is going. Ah, well, <laughs> we'll see. Be, so remember like the YouTube video good. of the gorilla slapping his butt? Anyway, I want to fuck him so bad. I just want to shove my cock up that huge, hairy, thick ass as he whoops. After I release my jizz inside of him, I pull out and lick his butthole totally clean. If only I could do that without getting arrested. Man, this guy's just sad Harumbi died. I think he's just projecting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. We all deal with grief in our own way. <laughs> it, it, the, the whole gorilla slapping his butt thing is just him trying to cover his ass. He's like, he's thinking about Harambe, this whole fucking thing. <laughs> I would lick the butthole totally clean, though, but he'd have to thread that gorilla ass first, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the end of the podcast, guys. All right. Yeah, we made it to the end. Uh, John, thank you for doing the podcast, my friend. Thanks for having me, man. This was fun. Absolutely, (laughs) dude. Appreciate you doing it, man. Now, this is the part of the podcast where you can uh, promote anything that you want or talk about it. Were there any subjects on the podcast that we did not touch that you wanted to talk about? Well, I was afraid we weren't going to talk about bestiality at all, but instead we we opened and closed with it. Close so strong, I feel yes. pretty satisfied. So you think we were pretty thorough in our coverage yeah. of bestiality? I, I, I like the way we sort of bookended the thing. With, um, <laughs> we started with horses and we ended with gorillas, which I think is um, it's sort of like it's sort of like a hero's journey. Like we've, we've come for full circle, but also we've grown. So you're saying, you're, you're saying our podcast is basically like the Odyssey. That's right. Thank you. I'm saying Thank that, you. yeah, like you you superimpose the two. They're the same. If, if Homer <laughs> had written a podcast, it would be our podcast. That's right. Thank there, you. Except in his, it would be sheep. Ah, uh, that's right. <laughs> Correct. Thank you, John. John, uh, are you active on social media at all? Since I, I mean, don't post that much. Um, it seems like it's, your shit's very controversial. Yeah, um, uh, I only uh, I only post when I think of something insanely dumb or upsetting. It's something that will <laughs> put jeopardize my career. That's the kind of stuff I. Well, like. that's <laughs> what people want to check out. Is there, do you want to promote this shit or you want to just leave it like it's fucking Indiana Jones has to find your fucking pockets but, of yeah, gold? Yeah, just uh, I, I want to remain a mystery. All right, John. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, uh, I, th- I I don't even I. Let me see if I can remember my Twitter handle. Yeah, it's something, it's like white power or some shit. They're like, I forget what the number is behind it, but it's white power. 4chan for life. Um, uh, no, it's uh, my Twitter handle is, oh, hey, it's John Dunn. John, thank you for being a guest, man. Love you, brother. Thanks for having me. Love you guys. Dude, uh, thanks a lot, John. Bobby, you got any last sighs? <sighs> uh it's a, it's so yeah. refreshing it's almost uh like you should trademark those size and you ever heard of that calm app have you seen yeah. those 
Well, I was I was going to say I have trademarked them, and I'm hoping that somebody is able to steal and monetize <laughs> <Yes>. them. <laughs> we need to find a Steve Jobs of size so he can monetize yeah. your shit and be, make a billion dollars off of that shit, and then you can sue them <laughs> later. And then a podcast 300 years from now can give you credit for it. Yeah. How about you, Ian? You got any last words? Yeah, guys. You know, I'm feeling a little emotional right now because I just learned 15 minutes ago my man Brandon Iron died. So I was just looking at some obituary related shit on the internet. And I've got this amazing quote from one of his co-stars. I'll never forget the first time we shot together. This is a great guy, huge cock. He's getting hard. And one of the lady co-stars comes out and she says, there's a new sheriff in town. That's what I'll always remember. And then this guy goes on. What I also remember about Brandon is that he was always at all of our bukkakis. He was just like hanging out at all the bukkakis, even if he wasn't in them. And I always go, what the fuck are you in here? But he just loved being at the bukkakis. That was Brandon, man. Brandon was the <laughs> ultimate pervert. He lived and breathed that shit. He was the truth. <laughs> he, was, he was the truth. No, again, he was the real deal, bro. He was the truth. He was the it ultimate was, but, pervert. Yeah, it was, but it was T-R-O-O-F. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, the trough. Did, but this fucker was like, you know, the dude I jacked off to through most of my early 20s. I mean, he was out there just working the girls' faces real dirty-like, and I love that Yeah, shit. and you just had to not pay attention to them, and you could still get the job done, right? <laughs> as long as he was smiling, I was hard. Well, God bless you, Ian, because when I put that on there, I had no idea who this guy was, but I'm like, I bet you, Ian, because he's a fucking connoisseur. He'll know this person. <laughs> you called that one correctly, sir. Well, that's the podcast, everybody. If you want to support us financially, monetarily, or fiduciarily, or all those words. I mean, fucking stimulus money is being sent out right now. Come on. Fucking, yeah, we're, we're right? going to need all 1400 of well, that. 1400 to go. Yeah. Fucking send uh, in comedy a stimulus over here. <laughs> we, I mean, we fucking, we're doing our part. We made it easy because you can just go to demshits.com. Right. Demshits.com. That's our Patreon. You get exclusive episodes. We get exclusive bonus material. All that shit. You get the episodes in advance. So just go to demshits.com. You can support us online on Patreon. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Love you, Ken. Teletrófono.